this podcast, we are going to do the AFC South, NFC South. The next podcast, we are going to do the AFC East, NFC East. Next Monday, we're going to do the AFC West, NFC West. And next Thursday, we're going to do the AFC South, or the AFC North and the NFC North. And our predictions, we're going to give... uh, <laughs> we're gonna give, we're gonna give uh, each team. We go down the list, all four teams in each division. We're gonna give uh, what we predict the record's gonna be, uh, the division winners, um, and then maybe if we think they'll be a wild card team, we'll mention if they think they'll be a wild, wild card team and why we think the record's gonna be. Startup Podcast. It is August 30th, uh, Monday. We're uh, obviously recording this on Sunday after just a, a, I personally think Bryson just choked away his chances earlier today at the uh, BMW Championship. You guys didn't watch. Cantley and Bryson had a seven-hole playoff. Um they par both parred the first four holes. I believe they birdied both birdied 17 when they both stuck it to inside four feet, both of them did. And then uh, they went to, I think they played, uh, played 17 one more time and 18. And then Cantley made like about a 25 footer uh, for birdie to read out Bryson. But it was just, I mean, the winner was 27 under. That's an insane it's score for a that's for especially for being the FedEx Cup. Like normal tour events during the year aren't even that low. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean greens are playing soft, guys are fucking putting it right on the flagstick, dude. Um, it's giving them that option just to, you know, really uh, put the ball wherever they want on the greens and you know, give themselves the best opportunity to make birdies and eagles. I mean, how many lipouts did Bryson have in the playoffs? Four? I wish he would have had five or six. Yeah, he had four. Um, he made – I thought he was out. I thought he was going to lose when he hit his tee shot on 18, I think, after they birdied into the water. He hit yeah. in the water right. Um, he dropped. Luckily, Al Nat, if you, if you guys weren't watching that, um, the tournament, 18 is – the fairway kind of runs out into a river. So when he dropped, he didn't drop in rough. He dropped in uh, the fairway. So then he dropped, and as far as he hit it, he dropped, and he was 160 yards out, out for him. So that was a gap wedge to a uh, pitching wedge, whereas <laughs> Cantlay was 190 yards back hitting his five iron to get up there. Um, Cantlay hit it on the, on the green. Um, I think he left himself about 30 feet for birdie and Bryson stuck his pitching wedge to about five feet and went up and down from 160 yards away for par to extend the match, which I thought after that, personally, I thought Bryson was going to win it. I mean, you can't, if you're, if you're Cantley, 
you're in the middle of February, your guy playing against to win a tour, uh, win a tour event, puts it in the water, sticks it to five feet. You, and then you guys both par. Yeah. That's the moment. That's just a momentum. He hit a beautiful fucking draw uh, from the fairway. Bryson, yeah. dude, that thing, yeah. he gave a nice club twirl, and that thing just stuck. Yeah. Uh, it's just the amount of um, lip outs he had. I didn't watch the entire complete round. I watched um, probably from 16 on because I was on the golf course. And two, my, my partner who I was playing golf with uh, – it was a foursome and we were doing an alternate shot uh, game today. It's the guy I, I was all playing alternate shot with my teammate, his, um, his brother is Bryson DeChambeau's tour manager. So obviously he was rooting for Bryson the whole time. How, we were watching it while we were playing and he was just like, Bryson just can't make a freaking putt right now. He just keeps lipping it out, burning edges. He just won't make anything. And he just never did. Like the Cantley made putt after putt after putt down the stretch. And that's how you end up, that's how you end up winning a shootout like that. He's making drive, drive for show, putt for dough. Exactly. The old saying. Um, my bet, Abraham answer. He finished 10 under, or he finished T10 right at the mark at eight, 18 under T10. That is just, <laughs> this just, that just tells you how uh, soft and how everyone was. I mean, I, I guess just every hold up placement that had was just so accessible. Or I guess I didn't, I didn't watch much of it because there's a bunch of stuff going on but when i was watching it on friday it just seemed like every guy on that was playing was just pin hunting the whole time everybody was you can man when they when they make those greens that soft same thing with the week before the, the northern trust yeah um, softer the greens man the lower the scores yeah so. i don't like seeing fucking you know i don't like seeing the mid 20s i want to no. see guys winning at like minus five you know on the see weekend. i'm the opposite i don't i don't like guys winning at under under 10 but i definitely don't like seeing guys win over 20 like keep it like in the teens i think it's good like when a guy wins a, a tournament uh, like 12 13 under like okay he wins 12 under he shot three under three days in a row it's a pretty good round of golf these guys both shot 27 oh it's 27 under through three rounds of golf they averaged what is that? Eight under a day with, and Bryson shot a 12 under one day and Canley shot another. It was just one of those rounds where it was just like, this is just insane that they're just doing this. Um, That's happening so, every week. You know what I mean? Week before Cam Smith shoots yeah. 60, you know? So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I think the thing that also helped the reason why it was so uh, scorable for them up there was because of that. I mean, it, they called it a hurricane. It looked like it was just rained hard for a couple of days up in the Northeast. Um, but I mean, on those type of golf courses, especially when you try to keep them firm and fast, you dry them out, you don't water them. And then you have a tropical storm come in and just make the, uh, just start dumping rain on all the greens and fairways. It's going to be soft. And every, I mean, those guys at that level can spin it anywhere. So we'll see how it is in Georgia in the tour championship next weekend. Um, I think it's going to be fun. It's only the expected top. to be, I think, expected to be pretty low as well. Last year, DJ won at 21 under, so I'm sure it's going to well, be at I least high the, teens as a winner. Yeah. The thing is, is so DJ won at 21 under. Um, if you guys don't know the format, um, going into the week, instead of, so you passed, I think it was a couple years ago they made this rule. Uh, I think when Justin Rose went in to the tour championship, it won one. Uh, 
the FedEx Cup won. Like I think four years ago, they changed it to where now instead of it's just the points base at the end, because it was always kind of it was the year that Tiger almost the Tiger won, and people didn't know he won the tournament. But how does he not win the FedEx Cup? People were trying mm-hmm. to figure that out with the points. It's so probably just, 2018. Yeah, 2018. So they just changed it to where the next year after that, if you're leading the FedEx Cup points, you start at 10 under. If you're in second, you start at nine under. If you're in third, you start at eight under all the way down until all 30 are done. So um, that's probably why DJ finished. I mean, yeah, he started at 10 under, but he shot 11 under through the tournament, which I think is uh, scorable. True, so, true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so, so we'll um, see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it then. It is a, I was looking at last year's um, results and quite a few of uh, the same guys back at the top this year. Um, uh, yeah, Scott. So, I mean, we'll see. All, I mean, obviously, every guy up in the top 10 is playing well. Um, but the, I think the thing is, there's some guys on there like that you can see in the top 10. You got Cantley, Finau, Bryson, Rom, Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, Harris English, Abraham Answer, Jordan Spieth, and Sam Burns are the top 10. You have Colin Marcot at 11. Those guys could easily go shoot a 60 or 50, like 60, 61, 62, go 10, 11 under in a day if it's going to be soft like that, um, how it's been the last couple of weeks. So even though if you're Cantley and you start the ground at 10 under and Morikawa starts the round at one under, um, you never know. I mean, he Colin Marcot can go 63, 63, 63, and he might come back and win after being down, down uh, 11 spots. So it'll be fun. Um, do you have a uh, – I guess we won't do a top 10. Um, how about we do, cause it's only 30, it's only 30 guys. Um, any guys you think that'll make the biggest jump in the, in the rankings? We'll do that instead. Cause it's 30 guys. Everyone makes the cut. You can do top 10, but it just means. No, just do top 10. Cause it's a betting or you can, we can just pick. You we'll know, go top four. We'll do, we'll, we'll do top three. Finish top three. Top five. Okay, fine. Top five. I personally think Colin Marikawa will play well and he'll get into the top five. Um, I feel like the I, – I, I feel like, yeah, uh, Eastlake is a long golf course. It'll help Bryson. It'll fit. Bryson can just bomb it as far as he wants, but – Man, those that rough out there is uh, pretty thick. You have to hit it in the fairways. Um, you have to be able to hit long irons in the green to make them stop. Um, it's a ball striker's almost. It's a long drive guys golf course, but also both the ball strikers out there have always played well. Like Tiger Woods, one of the greatest ball strikers of all time, goes out there and just dominates for four days. Um, DJ, when he was playing well, I mean those guys. I think it's a ball strikers paradise. So I think Colin Marikawa will definitely get in the top five easily. Yeah, I'm going uh, Tony Finau. I think he's going to not only be in the top five, but I think he's going to jump ahead of Cantley and win the FedEx Cup this year. That would be insane if he wins the FedEx Cup. Yeah, he's only 700 points back, which isn't a lot. Um, no. Depending on yeah. you know, how Cantley plays, but points don't matter, right? Yeah. He's Cantley's going to be at down. minus 10. Yeah, Finau's going to light it up in Georgia, and he's going to walk away with that $15 million mega check he's got to go to the bigger bank to cash it yeah so 
that's going to be insane. Can't wait. That starts Thursday. Um, the last round of the or last tournament of the season. As soon as that's done, man, we got we got three weeks and we got the old Ryder Cup. And we get to talk about the Ryder Cup against those stupid Europeans. Um, can't wait. Can't wait. We'll segue to some baseball news. Uh, Javi Baez hates his own fans. Whole team. Whole team. Yeah. All of Mets hate their fans right now. Um, they're every time they do something good, if they hit a base hit, uh, double home run. Everyone, the, the guys do thumbs down to the fans. They're booing the fans. They're pretty much booing the fans because the fans boo them. I think it's stupid because they play in New York. North, Northeast fans are brutal to their teams. All of them. You don't play well, they're going to boo you. Like, it just happens. Anybody remember when John Carlos Stanton first got to New York? Oh His my first God. 20 at-bats, if he didn't hit a base hit, he was getting booed. Um, he went on a run where I think he had was over like 20 with like 15 Ks, and he was getting booed just walking to the plate his first year in New York. He's not the only one. A Rod got booed. A Rod got booed. Tons of people get booed, man. Judge gets booed all the time. I mean, come on, you guys are the Mets. You guys aren't even that good. You can't be doing that. I think it's hilarious that they're, I, I don't know. I think it's hilarious that they think they can do that and change the way fans are. Um, with but, a little ultra superior light beer, low calorie, of, great taste. I had a lot of those. Yeah, sorry, but um, yeah, yeah I, I think it was uh, it, dude, at this point, it's players versus ownership and fan base because <laughs> yeah, exactly. the Sandy Alderson, the Mets GM, came out and said they're gonna have a meeting with the players because they're not gonna tolerate that at all. Um, which is understandable, right? The fans have a right to show their emotion towards their team, right? If they're yeah. playing shitty, it's a big market team. We got all these all-stars. They're expecting you guys to go out there and win and compete. Um, yeah, I think it's softer than baby shit, uh, what Baez and those uh, players are doing. Definitely won't be shocked if Baez is back with Chicago next year now that he is, you know, kind of the bad apple, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah, <laughs> He's the bad apple. Yeah, I, I think he could uh, he could definitely be gone. I mean, he kind of – Lindor is not that type of guy to do that thing, and he freaking roped into Lindor to start doing that. And now them two are like the poster childs of the thumbs down. So, I don't know. I think it's stupid. Um, I think they're also just bitter because they're playing their career worst years of their, uh, in their lives right now. They're both hitting under 210, so. <laughs> yeah, Baez, Baez is having a pretty good year, I think. But Lenore for time, sure, yeah. is playing like shit. I'm just, I'm just thinking about the last time when we were talking about Steve Cohen, uh, his comments about the team, and we looked at their stats that day, and I think we said Baez was hitting 178. So, no, we'll see. Because Baez has had a good – he's yeah, he's hitting 250, 25 overs. Pretty, pretty solid. He's been doing better lately. Um, but still, I think it's tough. Uh, former Sturs today that kind of uh, played well. Uh, Lazardo threw a six-inning shutout. And then um, – Suck it, athletics. And then uh, <laughs> another Sturr made his uh, MLB debut today, Alfonso Rivas. Uh, guy goes two for three. And his debut, the Cubs win. And, of course, not surprised. No, 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 no. White Sox won. White Sox won. I'm sorry. I just saw sure. Yeah, I, I saw this at Chicago. I thought of White Sox, but uh, he's two for three. 
knowing Alfonso and playing with him for a year, not surprised he got his first at his first hit on the first pitch he saw. No, yeah, heater from Dylan. <laughs> Dylan sees probably like 98, but right back yeah. at him. <laughs> right back at him, right back up the middle, base hit, gets on base. Um, he, he deserves – he's been – I think he's – I haven't seen his stats. They were talking about him. He was hitting like 390 this last like two months. So, um, Great dude. Great, great teammate. Great guy. Great, he's great drinker. Great drinker. He can uh, – he controls his bat extremely well. I don't know how long he'll stay at first base. Um, I don't know how about the power numbers and what if they're there. He hits doubles. I know that. Um, I don't know about the long ball, but dude can fly. I think with there. that, I think with that big league ball, some of those doubles might fly out a little bit yeah. more. And when I played with him in Stockton, man, he was he was hitting yeah. homers. So it wasn't just doubles. Yeah, but he can fly out hit. He's gonna hit three twenty. Doesn't matter. So um, good for those two guys. Doing well. Um, and since you're talking about Michelob Ultra, you popped one out, you opened one just now. Uh, I had my first Michelob yesterday before the Fresno State game at, I think, about 7.30 a.m. I woke up, got a text from my buddies at 6.45, said we're heading over to your house right now. <laughs> 11 a.m. That's what I did for the Bears-Cardinals <laughs> game uh, in, in Arizona, dude. I was drinking... I think I had tequila and squirt, dude, at yeah. like 6 a.m. in the parking Yeah, I had, I had uh, popped a Michelob open. Not a was, great decision by halftime. No. I, I woke up this morning. I was like, God, I've been drinking all – I drank all day. Literally 7 a.m. had my first drink with a beer, then had three mimosas after. Got to the place, tailgated, played beer die, walked into the field. Every time – um, the dogs scored where we were sitting. We were lucky enough to, you know, we're high rollers, so we sit in suites. We were in the suite, you know, just every time the dogs put points on the board, we had to take a shot. Um, and it was great because, you know, I got I, – I won my bet. I picked the dogs and the points, and I still won. Dogs won 45 to nothing. So yeah, – Hey, we went, we went three for four last week. Pretty solid for the – Yeah. For the, for the betters that are following along with yeah. us. Yep. So the dogs win uh, 50, uh, 45 0, which means that that was a lot of shots for me. And then uh, the Big Ten, you know, Nebraska is in the wrong conference. Uh, they get molly whopped. I know the score didn't show. Um, it looked closer than it was, but Illinois with a, with a big dub over Nebraska um, to bring uh, Brent Bielema's first win back in the Big Ten, which is probably huge for him. Um, I think Brett Bielema deserves to be in the big Covered team. my bet. Yeah, covered your bet. You got the win there. Um, you had seven points, so they won outright. So it was it was a it was a good win. That it was. It was a good game too. Pretty good game. Nebraska made it pretty close at the end. Their kicker missed a couple extra points. You know, Illinois kicker missed a field goal to start their uh, yeah. drive. I was yeah. fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was pretty solid. Great for the. Uh, for us to go 2-0 to start college football. 2-0, man. It's only going to go uphill. So, that we ha- it has to go uphill. We, we want to be – we've got to be around the what? six. Let's go – I'm shooting for 60% correct on like our college football bets on the year. 60%. On the year, dude? On the That's year. Terrible. I'm going at least 75. Hey, if you're – I think it was this, the saying, if you're 55% win percentage in bets, you're a professional gambler. Professional sports gambler. So shooting Guess for what? 60. We're fucking 2-0, oh, so let's rock. <laughs> let's rock. Uh, so, yeah, we got over 2-0 oh from the state in Illinois. 
it was another funny thing. I, uh, my old boss, when I used to live in Wisconsin, he went to Nebraska and, you know, Nebraska is fucking God out there. In the, if you, if you're from the cornfields of Nebraska, I texted him after they lost and said, uh, you guys look really good. Scott Frost is definitely the future. And he said, I fucking hate Adrian Martinez and the Huskers are the worst team in college football. So is it just me or has that quarterback been there for like eight years? Oh, he the, he's from my hometown. He's from Clovis West. He's a uh, he's got to be like thirty, right? How old? No, is this is his, this is his uh, fourth year. He's a true senior. He was. Yeah, God, he was I feel like that guy's been there for freaking ever. He started since his freshman year. He's been a, he's just a four year starter. That's why he's been there forever. Did they have a Martinez quarterback before him? They did back when they That's won why. the Big Ten. Back when they That's won the why. Big Ten, they had that quarterback that ran around all the time. God, that's all I'm thinking of. Yeah, I feel like I, I just see Martinez. <laughs> I think he's been there for fucking eight yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they definitely need to can Scott Frost. I won't be shocked if he, uh, you know, makes it through yeah. week six. That'd be that would be shocking if he makes it through week six. Yeah, I saw Reddit college football um, started a, has been chirping uh, Nebraska. They're just trolling Nebraska fans recently, and uh, they showed a. They showed a stat between um, Nick Saban's career uh, win-loss record at Alabama since he's been there and Scott Frost's career win-loss record at Nebraska since he's been there. And they said uh, Scott Frost only needs one more loss and he'll have the same amount of losses as Nick Saban does at Alabama. But then they said, Nick, and then if that happens, um, Scott Frost will have to go 158-1 and for him to have the same record as – Nick Saban at the end of the year or at the end of uh, their tenure, if they end up that long. So I think that was just funny. Uh, go. Yeah. This might be his last year. Uh, some NFL news before we, so uh, we're going to start this podcast where you're going to do the AFC South, NFC South. <coughs> Next podcast, we are going to do the AFC East, mm-hmm. NFC East. Next Monday, we're going to do the AFC West, NFC West. And next Thursday, we're going to do the AFC South, NFC, or the AFC North and the NFC uh, North. And our predictions, we're going to give... Uh, uh, Bears. <laughs> we're going to give, we're going to give uh, each team, we're going to go down the list, all four teams in each division, we're going to give our what we predict the record's going to be, uh, the d- division winners. Um, and then maybe if we think, Um, so that's where we're going to start. We're going to do that today after we talk about the NFL news, the AFC, the AFC South, NFC South. So just some NFL um, stuff. Uh, Shaq Lawson got traded to the Jets this morning. Um, from, from the Texans. From the Texans to the Jets. Uh, Jets just had um, one of their other defensive linemen out for the rest of the year with the torn ACL. So that, that makes, some, makes some sense in how the Jets, they need, you know, they need an experienced guy. Shaq Lawson's been in the NFL for a couple of years. He's a veteran. Um, go get a guy that can get after the, the quarterback. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is out for the rest of the year. It's kind of a huge blow for the Ravens. Yeah, I know they have a bunch of running backs over there, but I feel like J.K. Dobbins last year was um, towards the end of the year was starting to become, you know, running back number one. Oh, yeah. He was probably going to be their guy this year because yeah. they Mark Ingram left. Yeah, Mark Ingram left. Uh, I'm, I can't remember where Mark Ingram went. Um, but, yeah, so I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be their number one guy. I know they got Gus Edwards, I think, is their – Two yeah, probably he's Edwards, pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, he's solid, but 
that's kind of I, I'm not gonna say it's a huge blow because obviously you still have Gus Edwards. You have probably the best. It's a huge. It's a best. huge fucking blow if you already did your fantasy drafts. Exactly. If uh, if you um, yeah, as a Ravens fan, that's a. I'm not gonna say it's a huge blow because you still have the best running back in football in uh, Lamar Jackson. So <laughs> and you still have that. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a it's not a good start to the season for Ravens fans. And then. Last note, T.Y. Hilton will uh, miss the start of the season. Um, he's, uh, Frank Wright said there's a disc issue in his lower back. It's never a good thing when older guys start having lower back issues. You never know how long that's going to last, if that's going to linger. So, And T.Y. Hilton, I feel like he's more of uh, – he's kind of the more of the offensive captain. That dude's been there, been through it all, been there with Andrew Luck, been through their, their bad year after Andrew Luck left and kind of helped uh, resurgence the football team last year with uh, – with uh, Philip Rivers, so I feel like he would be another good veteran presence for Carson Wentz, but he's out for game one. He may be back for game two. Um, yeah, I'm, we'll I'm kind of curious on your opinion on this. Uh, when's the last time we've ever had a quarterback class where everybody's just balling like this in the preseason? Yeah, in the preseason. Every, I mean, all those top quarterbacks. I mean, what do you say, the top five, I guess? It's the first five. Yeah, the, you just, yeah, what <sighs> say Trevor was, Lawrence put on a show. Yeah. Um, today, Trevor Lawrence played Fields ball. I mean, all of them have balled all preseason. Yeah. Wilson, Lance. I think the uh, Mac all... Jones had yeah. a great game today. Does he start over Cam Newton? There, dude, there's so many freaking. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of um... so many questions about the about week one. I think the thing is is that um, the NFL and the college game in the high school game have become a lot more similar and not the fact of like the speed of the game and how hard difficult it is more of like the schemes are starting to become similar. I mean, these kids, they start in high school and they're already running pretty much at the high, the big high schools, the guys that are, you know, modern day type of schools, Duncanville, like those type of high schools, they're running high level offenses as quarterbacks already. So they know, and they play seven on seven all year round. They're they, every defense they've ever seen, they've seen before. So I feel like, and then you go to the college level, the big time college level, they're they have NFL coaches as their coaches. And then you get the NFL, obviously. I think they're just more ready by the time they get to the NFL. I feel like in years past, some of these college guys may have not been ready, one or t- like their first year, maybe even their second year in the NFL. And then that's why they always say, like, I'll oh, just sit the guy for a year and he'll come back and then he'll be your starter which is what the giant or the 49ers are saying with Trey Lance, you know, sit him for a year, let him learn, but he's, he might be better right now than Jimmy Garoppolo. Speaking of high school football, bring me to today's toast to greatness. Shout out to Philip Rivers on getting his first high school football win as a head coach. I think it was 49 to zero. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I, I believe that was the score. Yep. But yeah, shout out to you, Philip Rivers. Also high school football side. Did you see Trent Dilfer? <laughs> Almost killed Trent one Dilfer is a high school <laughs> football coach yeah. and lays in to this fucking player, dude. Yeah. Oh my God, is incredible. If you haven't seen it, Sterniacs out there, you have to go see this video of Trent Dilfer yeah, absolutely a... laying number four, a new asshole yeah. on the sidelines. He, it's he, incredible. He, I think. I was reading all the comments too. It was hilarious. How Southwest World speak of it because it I was apparently... probably sit your ass down a lot of times. Yeah, over and over. yeah. Or, or maybe fucking. I'm gonna. Fucking I'm, just, I'm just gonna guess. I'm gonna go on a limb here. Dilfer got mad about a 
I don't know what position that kid played. Maybe he did something wrong in the play. Looked like a fullback. Definitely okay. missed a block. He missed a block or he, you know, went to the wrong side or missed protection or something. Um, and Dilfer probably let him have it when he's coming back to the sideline, you know. That's what happens when you, you fuck up. You're supposed to get your ass lit a little bit when you get back to the sideline. And he probably said something back to him, is my guess. And Dilfer just said, no, fuck no. You're, I'm going after you right now. I'm fuck You're sitting the rest of the game. The kid ended up throwing his helmet, t- putting a little tantrum on the sideline. Um, but, hey, that's what – that's what you, I mean, you got to do your job, man. You don't do your job, you're going to get your ass chewed. Dude, uh, I've never been more scared in my life than my – Defensive coach in high school, Coach Adams. <laughs> that guy was fucking crazy on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. Although he never had a bitch at me, which yeah. is good. Yeah, you always there's always that one high school football coach that just you don't want to be on his bad side because he might kill you. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's the little high school football talk there. Just before we start with our predictions, also one more high school thing. Uh, did you see Modern Day play Duncanville on uh, uh, Friday night? I did absolutely destroy them. Yeah, uh, number one team in the in the country, uh, and Modern Day plays the number one team in Texas and Duncanville and just blows them out, forty five to three. Love to see that. You know, Texas always says Texas. Oh yeah, baby, West Coast. Yeah, they always say Texas is high school football is always bigger and better in Texas. Well, your best high school team has got your ass kicked by the best team in California. So. Yeah, that's what happens. And then I guess from what I was reading that the best teams in uh, California, the next seven years are flying to Texas to play Texas schools. So we'll see. You got St. John Bosco, you have Servite, you have um, De La Salle Salle's going, you have uh, Long Beach Poly, um, Sierra Canyon, and uh, uh, Corona um, is also going out. Or Centennial Corona will be going there too in the next couple of years. But California want to know to start the, the, that little – trip off um against texas is always nice to see all right let's start with the you want to start with the afc or the nfc afc because it's shittier uh, yeah you're not wrong all right we'll start off the, <laughs> we're starting off with the afc south i'm gonna start with the houston texans we'll go houston jacksonville indeed tennessee uh i got houston i have them going one and 16 and the only reason why they win one game is because they open up with jacksonville and I think Tyrod Taylor can maybe win them one game this year, and I think it'll be against Jacksonville because Jacksonville has a terrible, terrible team. But I think Houston and Jacksonville end up splitting because Jacksonville plays them way late in the season, like week like. Are, are we going back and forth, or are you going to do your whole? I'm just doing the Jacksonville thing. I'm just letting you know, and then maybe we'll see. Uh, one other note on Houston is they're locked for number one pick in 2022. Absolutely. So, well, I don't, what what are your predictions for Houston? one and 16 as well well yeah obviously yeah they're last for me as well in that division i have them oh and 17 <laughs> oh and 17 i think they're going to be the worst product ever put onto a football field in oh. the national football league worse worse than, than the detroit lions worse than the cleveland browns this houston texans team is going to be absolutely dog shit t- this year i don't okay i uh... I'm just going to disagree to just the fact of, okay, Tyrod Taylor is definitely a better quarterback than Dan Orlovsky. And Dan Orlovsky ran out of the back of an end zone during one game because he was scared he was going to get hit. I think Tyrod Taylor can maybe, like I said, win one game. And it's going to be week one. They're going to go 0-16 after that. But I think they win one game, and that's week one. Tyrod Taylor's got a punctured lung. 
Okay. Uh, last he's year he did. On... <laughs> <laughs> not this year. He's not playing on full uh, full stamina out there. Uh, yeah. And a shitty O-line, shitty defense, shitty yeah. weapons, right? No, I mean, dude, Will their Fuller weapons are left. still not terrible, man. I saw. I was looking at their roster today. They got Tyra Taylor. Uh, as Give me one wide receiver. They have Brandon Cooks. Trash. Okay, well, I'm just I'm just letting you know their quarterback is Tyra Taylor. They have Philip Lindsay. Uh, All right, we'll see. Hey, we'll Cooks. see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Let's, let's hey, go. We'll see. I'm 0 17. There we go. Jacksonville Jaguars, two and 15. They split with Houston and they win one game against the Jets in the battle of the rookies. Um, that's what I have with the why the Jags are going two and 15. Just go ahead and finish off your uh, division, and I'll do mine. Also, one more thing. Uh, after one year, Urban Meyer's on the hot seat for going 2-15. Wow. Uh, and then – That quick, huh? <laughs> yeah, that quick. He's going to realize, you know, you can't go 2-15 and 15 in your first year in the NFL, even if it is with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I got in second place in the division. I have the Indianapolis Colts at 10-7. and seven. I think they are going to have a slow start to the season. Um, Tyre – I mean, their number one weapon, T.Y. Uh, T. Hilton, out to start the season. Um, as of right now, uh, Quentin Nelson's not playing either. He was the, probably the best offensive lineman in the NFL. I think they start off one and four. Um, they have a tough schedule in the beginning. Um, I think they play I think they play uh, New England, Tampa Bay, um, and then they play Miami as well, who might be tough in the first couple weeks. Um, I think they start one and four and end up going, they end up getting hot because then they play Houston twice, Jacksonville twice, Titans once. I think they end up going nine and three to finish the year at maybe a wild card team. And then the Titans are the division winners. They go 11 and six. They just get one more win um, more than the Colts. So I think that slow start will make the Colts be the wild card. But if they both get off to the same start, I think both those teams are kind of interchangeable. I think they'll both finish around the same record, kind of how it has been the last couple of years. All right, and here we go. <laughs> I got the Jaguars going four and thirteen. Oh, I do. I think I think Trevor Lawrence is playing well. I think the Jaguars do have some good weapons that he can throw to. DJ Chark. They've got James Robinson in the backfield, so I think they're going to definitely put up some points. We'll see how their defense does. I definitely don't think Urban Meyer is going to be on the hot seat after just one year because um, they. I think they got some draft. Um, they got some. They got quite a few draft picks. I think they might. Yeah, I think they have some draft capital in the next couple of years too. Um, um, but so I, yeah. I, I just think that that Travis Etienne pick comes back to bite him in the ass. It definitely will. Um, but I, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence gets at least four wins this year as a rookie. Moving on to the Colts, I agree with you. Ten and seven for the Colts um, could maybe be a wild card at ten and seven. We'll see. I'm not sure what's going to get in for a wild card this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they obviously have a lot of talent offensive line, great defense, um, great defensive line, good weapons um, at the defensive back position as well. We'll see what we get with Carson Wentz from a new team. Moving on to the Titans, I have 12 and five, possibly 13 and four. Um, they have, I mean, clearly the best, I mean, weaponry yeah. out of any NFL yeah. team, right? Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, that's. Yeah, I mean, it's, there. it's they did it's, lose Johnny Smith right to the Patriots. They this lost year. Johnny Smith, yeah. Um, and Ryan Tannehill yeah, seemed to be good, but I don't think they're the best yeah. offensive weapons. I mean, there's a bunch of the teams I think have better weapons than that. I just think they're pretty well coached. There's three damn 
Their yeah. other three yeah. good. They're yeah. really good. Um, yeah. As long as Julio stays healthy. <clears throat> true. True. So I'm gonna go. T- I'm gonna go twelve and five for the Titans. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching them play this year. Yeah, it looks like our standings on the AFC South are almost identical. Houston's gonna be the worst team in football. I think Jacksonville's gonna be a little bit worse than you think, but we're not too far off. And then Houston and or uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee. For I will say Jacksonville does have a really hard schedule. I just looked at it. Yeah, they have a tough, really one. hard, um, especially on the. I think it's the beginning of the year for them. They have uh, they have some tough games in the beginning of the year, which is never good for a rookie quarterback. Because um, I mean, he, I, it is, but I do have them beating the Texans both times. So yeah. I mean, that's two wins there, and I do have them beating the Jets when he faces Zach Wilson, and I think he might sneak out one more win. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um, NFC South. I are the last place team in the NFC South. I have the Atlanta Falcons. They go six and eleven. And I think it ends up being the end of the Matt Bryan era in Atlanta. Um, I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, I know their backup right now is Josh Rosen, but I don't think he's the future. I think they go six and eleven, they make some noise in the offseason, you know, maybe trade for somebody like a Deshaun Watson if he's able to play um dolphins the doll yeah or go to the get somebody from the Dolph. uh they tried with the Dolphins. no deshaun watson's going to the dolphins he he might he might i'm just saying that's a different story i'm just saying i'm just saying atlanta i think and matt end of the matt ryan era and maybe they trade for a guy or they trade up to get a a quarterback in the draft um the uh for next year um i have Tied for second, I have the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers both going eight and nine. I think Sam Darnold's going to be a lot better uh, than he than he played with, with the Jets. But here's the here's the thing though: I think they go eight and nine, and then maybe sneak a couple extra wins in there. But they could easily be five and eleven, easily five and eleven, um, if Sam Darnold doesn't play well in those games. But if I think he plays well, especially with that uh, the the OC down there. I think they have some weapons over there. I mean, you have Christian McCaffrey now. You can you can lay on him. He he'll he could I'm gonna say he can win you games, but he definitely can get you out of some bad situations. He's got a lot of weapons. He got he got some weapons. So I think it's it'll be better than his time in uh, in New York. So I think that he they might go eight nine, but they can easily go six and eleven if Sam Darnold doesn't play up to par and turn over uh, turns the ball over too much, and then. Tied with them is the New Orleans Saints at eight and nine, but I can also think on my note, I said they could also go, I think, 10 and seven if Jameis uh, doesn't turn the ball over and plays how Sean Payton wants him to play. Um, but if, I mean, I think if they go, if they end up going eight and nine, personally, sorry, I'm staring at Payton because he had to run to the fridge right now to go grab another Michelob. Um, always have to, you know, got to get another beer. Uh, I think if, the Saints go eight and nine. I think the reason why they go eight and nine is because they switched to a different quarterback and they bring in, um, what's his name? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. They bring in Taysom Hill and he plays a couple of games because I think it starts becoming now a quarterback battle between them. That's why I think they go eight and nine and nine and eight type of thing. Um, and then uh, obviously the winner, I think they go 14 and three. They win a division easily, and they're either the one or the two seed in the NFC. Um, it, I think the NFC is 
personally, I think it's a two-team race for the number one seed between the Bucks and the Packers. Um, but the I think the NFC, the NFC West, I think they just beat up on each other. There's so many good teams down there. But I think the Bucks go 14-3. and three. Wow. <laughs> All right. I, I um, saw your reaction on the pan, my Panthers <laughs> I mean, I'm just just two great minds, you know what I mean? Uh, Falcons, I've got going 6-11. and 11. I think they have a little bit more talent than people are giving them credit for. Uh, Matt Ryan's obviously MVP before in the league, uh, but they have Calvin Ridley. I'm really excited about Kylie or Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, okay. I might even snag him on my fantasy team. I think that's a very intriguing uh, yeah. player. Um, but yeah, I think they'll sneak out six wins. Their defense um, is just so bad. I have a tie for second place. Yeah, the Falcons' defense is is very bad. I have a tie for second place with the Panthers and the Saints. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) But I have them both going nine and eight. Okay. It's one Um, extra one. Yeah, one extra one each. Um, I think the Panthers are going to be a little bit better than the Saints. I'm with you on the Saints. I think it is going to be – a like tryout year for both quarterbacks unless they so they did name Jameis a starter unless Jameis just fucking you know takes it away he's got to go he's got to win games you know what I mean yeah 100% if so I mean if he doesn't win games or if they go like two and three to start I would not be shocked if they switch to Taysom Hill yeah um so I I think there's just going to be a lot of weird stuff going on over there um in New Orleans um, but then I've got Tampa as well at 14 and three. <laughs> um, I won't be shocked if they repeat as Super Bowl champions, dude, as a fucking loaded roster. Yeah, the first Mark team. my words. I apologize for saying the Titans have the best position group because yeah. the, the Buccaneers probably are right there yeah. ahead of them. And the thing with, I mean, it's so crazy to think that the Bucks are the first team in the salary cap era to bring back all 22 starters because they want to win baby because they want to win and but i guess the thing would only, everybody wants to play with tom yeah i guess the only i thought since tom brady's in the building i think it's a less uh there's a smaller chance of this actually happening but there's always been like some speculation with the bucks recently and just, this is the first time in tom's career he's getting paid yeah you know what i mean he's always taking pay cuts yeah. he's getting paid 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 um but I think that this is the first time people have been talking. They're like, you know, you take Tom out of it. All of those guys haven't really came off a year where they won a Super Bowl. None of them have. They're all either. There are most of them are first time winners. This is their first time winning a Super Bowl. Same with the, all the coaching staff. So they're just wondering if they could maybe take a lull a little bit, you know, since all of them are back. But I think and there's a small chance of that happening with Tom Brady in the building. I think if they don't start off to a good start, I think Tom still is going to be on their ass and be like, you know, like, hey, we won last year, but that's this is a whole, totally different fucking team this year. Like, we need to turn it up. So, we'll I, see. I think going into the season, yeah, they've already forgotten about last year. That's just the way Tom Brady is. Yeah, and I think uh, Bruce Arians as well can um, yeah. have that culture. Yeah, um, in Tampa. Yeah, but that I mean, you got to think about the guys they have salary cap reasons wise they have so many young guys that they had tristan Wirfs last year come in instantly and was probably the best right tackle in national football league yeah as a rookie their center was really um, good too who I one of them you too. know what i mean yeah i mean their whole offensive line is is really good yeah um 
I mean, everywhere. They're, they're yeah. loaded everywhere. Um, it's actually funny, dude. Funny story that Tristan Wirfs kid. <clears throat> me and my dad were watching the, the NFL combine, the draft combine. Yeah. And we we're watching the, the lineman drills, dude. And they were like hitting the coaches that had the pads, you know, yeah. off the line. Yeah. And some of the kids, every time, you know, some of the kids, they would hit them. The, the guy that was holding the bag would like flick his hat, you yeah. know, yeah. almost like, yeah, he fucking, you know, yeah. can hit the pad. And dude, they were, every time Tristan Wirfs fucking came up, boom. And my dad was like, dude, I'm telling you, that kid's going to be a stud. Yeah, he fucking called it, dude. Yeah. Other than when Khalil Mack made him his bitch and tossed him to the ground after yeah. he sacked Brady. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just looking at the, uh, so after we were both talking about the Panthers and Saints and how we both picked him going, you picked him going nine and eight. I picked him going eight and nine. Um, if this had, if we were, if there wasn't a 17 game season, I think both of us would have said eight and eight. Um, but that extra game kind of makes yeah, it. Yeah. I would have had eight and eight. I, sure. the, I think the thing is, is um, I'm just looking at Carolina schedule. They got a tough like last four games of the year. They play Buffalo, Tampa twice, and then New Orleans. So that's a, tough like the last four games of the season for the Panthers which could make him go eight and that, that could that could change it to where they go instead of eight and nine maybe they should end up going six and eleven how about their first game of the year yep yeah against the Jets dude. Sam Darnold back against wow New York. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be good I mean I don't think the Panthers have a very tough schedule to play they play the NFC East uh so they play the 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 Cowboys, the Eagles, the the Giants, and the Washington Football Team. I think they lose to the Washington Football Team, but I think I think they could beat the other the other uh, the other three, depending on how good the Cowboys are. Um, they do play New England and Miami, um, and they also play the a- the AFC. So we'll see. Um, I was just looking at that schedule and just saw how Carolina's last couple of games are pretty tough, but it's nowhere near as a tough a schedule as uh, the teams in the AFC South, like. The Jags. The Jags have an unreal time I mean, schedule this year. This is barring injuries. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 100%. We're obviously basing these off injury because, I mean, if, if they lose McCaffrey again, this changes that whole. Oh, yeah. Team. If they lose, if they lose McCaffrey, I think that he he's a, as like a base, six win team. As like a baseball, like, if that, uh, like a baseball team, you know, or a baseball like reference, like wins above replacement. I think, you know, McCaffrey probably has a three to three and a half like war. He, he's a, if he's in the last you think he's a six i i think he could i mean he could have another mvp year i think if uh he stays healthy i mean he's pretty much an entire offense especially in that offense man um that baylor coach really loves uh loves to dump the ball off of him so yeah uh it looks like we have the same exact standings the afc south nfc south tampa and new orleans and carolina are tied atlanta uh is in the bottom of the nfc south afc south we have the titans winning Colts in second, Jags in third, Texans is the worst team in football. Um, give me a uh, give me a fantasy sleeper in one of those one. Give me one player out of those two divisions. Com- you don't have to do combined. Just give me one player in total. One player in total that you think is going to do well out of either the AFC South or the NFC South. Um, I gotta pull up his name because I keep for I, I know what position he plays and what team he plays for. It's just the fact of he's not a well-known guy, obviously. Um, their starter what last, team? The, he plays for the Tennessee Titans. He's a tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Um, there's a lot of um, – it's coming up that he's been 
pretty good and he's a pretty athletic tight end. And with that, uh, those weaponries, especially on the outside with, you know, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, um, Derrick Henry type players, you know, I, I think he could maybe, he could be a guy on the goal line or in the middle that, you know, they, he gets lost. They forget about him. Um, so I think is it Anthony Anthony Ferkser? Anthony Ferkser, yeah, from Harvard. I think he could maybe have a good uh, a good year coming out, um, just because you know he's a guy that no one really knows. You they already the Joni Smith's out. You know they all their guy, all their defense and defensive backs are staring at right now. Obviously, it's Julio and AJ Brown. Yeah, and he's then, stepping into a big he, role. He's stepping into a role where he could you know have some games. And Ryan Tannehill's always been a quarterback where he likes this. He likes to keep it in between the hashes. He's a guy that gives play action, and that's just your offense. So I think he could have a breakout year. That's my sleeper. Who's your sleeper, fantasy-wise? So I, I don't know if it's really going to be a sleeper, but I really think this guy's going to take it away this year because he's going to play a little pissed off, and that's James Robinson with the Jaguars. Yeah, I can see that. Um I think he's going to be a little upset about the ETN pick, especially after the year he had last year. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to go off. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's our AFC NFC South predictions. Um, on Thursday, we have the AFC NFC East uh, or the NFC least because they're horrendous. I think. Um, but that's, that's gonna we, be a good one. Yeah. I can't wait to see our standings <laughs> on that one. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching hard knocks, so I wonder if that makes me change anything about the Cowboys. But I hate the Cowboys so much; it's probably not going to change. Don't don't buy in, dude. <laughs> every they they always overhype <laughs> always. the Cowboys every year, and they suck. Yeah, they always overhype the Cowboys. They also always overhype every team that's on NFL hard knocks. When the Browns True. were on, when the Browns were on there, like Browns Super Bowl. Browns coming to the Super Bowl, and then they end up sucking. Their first that was the first year. Uh, Baker ends up being the starter, but towards uh, end of the year, and then what was the next year was the Raiders, and I was all into the Raiders, and fucking Antonio Brown saga happens, and then we end up going like four oh my and god, <laughs> all that shit happened. So we'll see. And then I think the year after that was the COVID year, which sucks. Hey, so how about you guys trying to get Cleo Mack back from us? Oh yeah, I did. I saw that. Hey, why not, man? I mean, that, that absolutely solidifies we won the trade. I, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, he's old. He's absolutely. Yeah, he's older, man. You're right. He's regressing my ass. <laughs> that dude is a fucking beast. He's a beast, but he's he's older. You know, he takes up a lot of salary cap. Bears may be on the, you know, rebuilding here. You know, you never know. I mean, you do have the red rifle as your quarterback. Dude, I will give Khalil Mack the Bobby Bonilla deal if he fucking wants. I will pay that man a million dollars till he's fucking 70. Yeah. As long as he retires a Chicago Bear. Because he will be a, in the Hall of Fame as a Bear, not a Raider. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely played longer. And it's only been, he's only been like, I don't know how long he's been in the league. Eight years, maybe? Yeah. yeah but so, he's only had his big awards with the Raiders. You know what I mean? I mean, he won Defensive yet. player of the year with the Raiders. Back-to-back years, so. um yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for uh, our picks. Um, I have um, you know, two fan, two big fantasy football drafts 
uh, Same. this weekend. Um, so it'll be good. I got, I don't know what pick I have in the, uh, the one on Sunday, but so we, uh, so today in our, we have a UNLV, uh, you know, alum yeah. league. Yep. Um, and we did it off pitchers. Um, so today everybody had to pick a starting pitcher and yeah. however many strikeouts, yeah. uh, you know, we had, obviously there was a couple of tiebreakers by Griffin Jacks. Oh, there you Griffin go. Jacks today. There you go. <laughs> you um, got me ninth. Um, one other thing was uh, the, just like the, the, the crazy fantasy um, drafts and uh, not fantasy, crazy fantasy drafts, but uh, the crazy ways uh, teams come up with uh, way or leagues come up with ways to pick draft picks like that. Uh, one of my buddies was telling me how the way they pick their draft picks for the, for the, for their draft is each team picks a little league world series team. And whoever wins the Little World Series gets the number one pick. Second place, obviously, gets the – they, they all get their first choice. That's where they pick. And my, my buddy had Ohio, so he got the number one – number two pick. Um, Dude, speaking of Little World Series, pretty shocking Michigan won. Pretty shocking Michigan won. Uh, can't believe – Very Chris, shocking, Can't dude. believe That's South a, Dakota lost. I mean, the I mean, South kid didn't pitch, I don't think. But uh, it's just crazy to think that. Oh, that South. That, I wish he could pitch every game. Dude, that that, that kid. What was that stat? He had, he had like a hundred and fifty strikeouts on the summer and one hit. Oh, more than that. He had like five hundred no, strikeouts. He had dude. one. I mean, one run. He had one run given up. First, yeah, first knows, player ever to have two no hitters and one get and a one call it literally World Series. But that's just uh, it was just a little snippet on uh, and of the fantasy stuff. I know people hate fantasy and they can't stand it, but you know what? Fuck off. I like fantasy, so I'm gonna we're gonna talk about fantasy football because oh, people love fantasy football. Everybody plays it. Yeah. Everybody that probably listens to us yeah. plays it. So yeah, might as well chime in a little bit. I can't wait yeah. for my draft. Yeah, um, don't know who the hell I'm gonna pick. I think I'm picking. Uh, no, I'm picking tenth. Yeah, pick a tenth. All right, so we'll see you Thursday. A- the AFC NFC East. Also, we will have um, – I'm going to do a three-team parlay for the opening week, week one, officially week one of college football. There's some giant football games. you got Georgia-Clemson. You have uh, Alabama-Florida State. Um, I believe Notre Dame is playing on a pretty good team. Um, there's some big games going on that, uh, next weekend. Fresno State plays Oregon. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, we've got some parlay, and we'll also have uh, our betting stuff for the tour championship. Um, obviously, we said who we think, but um, I think we'll also oh, NFL. No, no, we saw one one extra week. One extra week for NFL. Fuck. One extra week, man. One September twelfth. It's coming. I can Fuck. taste it. <laughs> uh, oh, and and the the it's we're going way out far, but not next Thursday or not this Thursday, but next Thursday when we give our AFC, AFC NFC North picks, we'll also give our prediction our early. Just straight up winner of Thursday night football between the Cowboys and the Bucks. Probably going to be the Bucks. That's part of who we're going to pick, but that's what I think. Um, depending, on, we have to go on money line. We're always going money line because, you know, that's what you do. You always go on money line. That's what the betters do. Um, so that's what we got. Thanks to Starnex for listening. Subscribe on uh, Apple Music, Apple Pod, or uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and uh, we're now on Amazon Music as well. So everybody yeah, yeah. covered. Go ahead, listen. Thanks, Darnay.
Bobka.